0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The Square is an immersive experience transporting the viewer Deeply into an intense emotional drama and personal stories behind the news, centered on the activity around the landmark Tahir Square. This film is an inspirational story of young people claiming their rights, struggling through multiple forces from a brutal army dictatorship willing to crush protesters with military tanks to a corrupt Muslim brotherhood using mosques to manipulate voters winner uh, of the World Documentary Audience Award at Sundance, as well as the Audience Award for Best Doc at Sundance and at the Toronto Film International Film Festival. The Square is a remarkable film. I am so honored uh, to have to, to have joining us today Jahan Nujem, uh the director of The Square.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here.
0: Thank you so much for being here, John. Um, Tell me, uh, uh, well, there's just so many, I'm sort of a, uh, a cluster of questions I want to ask you, but first of all, one of the, how, how did you decide, uh, the the film focuses on, it's a, what I like to call the macro, micro combination that works beautifully for this film, but the, the micro here, how did you get to know the people and what went into the process, the five or six people that you focus on in the film? And how did you decide to go with their stories in terms of, of, of the square and, and, and putting this film together?
1: Well, when, when you look for characters, you look for people that are going to challenge you, inspire you, surprise you, um, and basically people that you want to spend time with and that you want to experience, you want to experience a story through their eyes. Um, because you, you know, with these independent films that are unfunded, you never know where they're going to end up showing or how long you're going to be working on them. So if it's a situation where you're going to spend two to three years, with somebody, experiencing their lives, and then editing it, and then releasing it. You want to be with somebody you like, and you also want to be releasing uh, the story of a person that you believe should be shared with the world, that you believe that their vision, their ideas, um, should be shared with the world. So um, I was in the square. I came to the square like any other Egyptian. If I wasn't a filmmaker, I probably would have been there as a protester i grew up about ten minutes outside of the square and i actually had this film has been blessed in a kind of you know i'm not a very religious person but there's come been kind of a magic to it um... Yeah. and i managed to meet all of the characters in the first uh... ten days of being there literally because they were sleeping ne- next to me in the square um... ahmed i met um uh, in the first few days of filming and i met him because uh, he was sleeping in the square and a friend of mine had decided to do a little news piece about him. And um, he, just, he just has a magic to him. He's such a charismatic character. He kind of leaps, you know, when you see the film, he sort of leaps off the screen at you. Um, he just has this joyfulness about him. He has a purity about him. But he's also deeply intelligent and has an emotional intelligence that has led him through this journey, and that uh, he became our main character. He's also somebody that, you know, you, there's nobody else that I in the world that I would want with me while being attacked by army and police, because somehow he has this knack of being able to find you, and the whole, you know, the streets are filled with tear gas, there's crowds around you, and all of a sudden you'll hear Ahmed shouting your name and pulling your arm and getting you out of the situation. So his street smarts are uh, unbelievable. Um, Khaled, we met because, uh, I met his wife first, um, Krissida True, and was asking her a number of questions about what was going on. And she said, you know, you really should talk to her, my boyfriend, her boyfriend at the time, Khaled. They got married in the process of us all making this movie. Um, then became a filmmaker on the film and filmed Khaled, so. We got intimate access into his life and the bedroom because of because of Cressida. But he has this amazing ability to articulate what's happening um, and what yeah. the protesters are going through on an emotional level, and what's happening on the political level. Because he's both a very articulate person, so he was able to describe things. Um, in a way that was understandable when things seemed very confusing. But he comes from a long line of his father and his grandfather have fought for political freedoms in Egypt um, beginning in the 40s. So he's been thinking about these issues for a long time, so a very good person to lead us through the story. And Megvi, our third main character, um, is a Muslim Brotherhood. Uh, guy who has been loyal to Muslim Brotherhood for 25 years, and his story is perhaps one of the most interesting in the film, because he gets very torn at a certain period of time when he feels like this, this organization that he's been loyal to for 25 years is driven by political motivations, and he ha- feels a responsibility and a loyalty to the very basic demands that were still being asked for in the square. Um, And so he he goes through a very interesting Few very interesting moments of of conflict. So, and then you have Amran who's a friend of mine since kindergarten, um, and she's a human rights lawyer. And she got me out of prison twice. Um, she was an incredible character, Ida, who um, I had known from a previous film that I'd worked on in Egypt, and she's a filmmaker and everybody sees her talking about what's happening in the revolution, and she looks like a kid, but the wisdom that comes out of her mouth is is amazing. And then, of course, Rami Assam, who who was a singer, who turned the chants of the revolution into songs of the revolution. And he was actually, his story was actually the, 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 the story that turned, and at that moment I knew we were making a very important film, because three weeks after Mubarak stepped down, we thought that... You know the army could do no no wrong, but you know he was he was the square was cleared and he was dragged to the Egyptian Museum and tortured brutally tortured mm-hmm. by the army inside of the Egyptian Museum. And this was literally three weeks after Mubarak stepped down, and it was not covered anywhere. So we knew that we had to tell this story because there was a whole other narrative that was happening that nobody in the world was
0: seeing. It, it just—they're all very compelling—and you were talking about uh, how um, yeah, you want to be if you meet is somebody that you want around you uh, in in these circumstances where there is chaos all around. The fact of the matter is, in watching the square, I know you had most, you had a number of cameramen. You had to have more than you—you you shot yourself as well, right? Mm-hmm. You had two or three other That's people. That's correct. Two. Yes, what, we had. Uh,
1: there were. There were about six camera people, and about four, four of us were there consistently. Um, you know, during the two and a half years filming, um, Hamdi Mohammed, Mohammed um, Hamdi. Sorry, found us uh,
0: uh-huh.
1: in the square. Uh-huh. I always call him Hamdi. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. um, he's uh, and he found us in the square. He's in a very talented DP. and Basically said, you know, you guys are using, you know, you don't, you're not using the white balance correctly. Yeah. Our our special camera my professional camera had been confiscated so i we were all using these canon cameras because we could get away with it because they were these um, you know they looked like photography cameras right. so the police and army had not caught on to the fact that they were video cameras yet so they so were, he the, taught they were us the how to use them and he became our dp um, and then Cressida true who's his uh, wife um, also filmed uh, a large part of the movie, and then Ahmed, our character, at a certain point in the film, learns how to use a camera, and he basically substitutes a rock for a camera. So the footage that you see on the front lines facing the army and the police, where you feel like you're in the middle of an action movie, is is Ahmed's footage.
0: Well, I, the reason I bring that up is because there are a couple of shots where uh, people Ahmed is running through the crowd, and you're you're right behind him, or somebody's right behind him. He, and that he, is uh, that's Hamdi,
1: that's Hamdi yeah. Muhammad. Yeah. yeah,
0: God. Well, I want to. Uh, by the way, I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Jahan Nujami. Nujami, I'm sorry, okay. um, uh-huh. the uh, director of the film The Square. And I urge anyone interested. in who even has a passing interest in what is going on with uh, Egypt. It's been in the news here in, in the United States for the last two and a half years. We know what's going on in in a kind of a, most people know in sort of a, a surface way that there's been some demonstrations, Mubarak's gone. This film is about as good a primer uh, on just what's actually going on as you'll, you'll find anywhere. Uh, and also the humanizing effect of seeing these people as, as so many, and I would point to uh magdi as as an example of understanding the the political nuances and ramifications, all the machinations that are going on between the army and the the uh, Muslim brotherhood and all that in you will understand in such a profound way um from watching the square. Just as a civics lesson, let alone a a remarkable story of courage on the part of all these people, do um, it's a long way of asking this question, which is, um, they all had to know at, at some level that they're really personally at risk here. I mean, obviously, some things happen, I don't want to spoil the experience, the viewing experience for anybody, but what. What kind of toll has does this take on? And you, as a filmmaker, I mean, obviously, you at some point you must have been targeted for for um, uh, for some action as well. But what what kind of a personal toll has this been taking, or has this taken on? Well, you can pick any of them you want to to talk about this, but tell us a little well, bit. Uh, about Well,
1: you know, about. there's this quote that the revolution always eats its children, right? Yeah. Um, And I think that. Every single one of the characters has felt that at a certain point in time. Um, you know, I mean, think about Ahmed as he's gone through the ups and downs. You literally see him age in yes. the film. Yes. He looks like a boy at the beginning of the film, yeah. and he speaks like a wise philosopher, and you see his creases in his face at the end of the film. Yeah. Um, Khalid, as well, uh, You know, you know, he's given up Khaled is a well-known movie star. Um he gave up his life in uh London and the, and the US to basically be on the uh streets of Egypt. So he's um he's now currently working on a number of projects, but he's but he, he and Cressida, his wife, have, have made their their life in Egypt. Um, yeah. Megdi, I think perhaps has it has been the most difficult for Megde. Yeah. Um You see him full of excitement and joy and um, camaraderie at the beginning of the film, where he, where you know, secular and religious are standing together for um, you know the same goals and uh, for unity, for dignity. Um, for bread freedom social justice which were the chants of the revolution and this this group that he once was very loyal to he starts to realize is just a political group like any other and this is actually why I feel like what's happened um, in the with the Muslim Brotherhood coming to power was a necessity it was a ne- necessary um thing to happen for people who were supporters of the Muslim Brotherhood to see the group as a group, a political group just like any other. Mm -hmm. And to sort of lose the, you know, when a group is underground, um, it has kind of a power to it um, that gets taken away when they have to be politicians like any other. So as you see near the end of the film, Meghdi has, near the middle of the film, Meghdi has Turned against the Brotherhood, but near the end of the film, when the Brotherhood are once again attacked by the army and brutally massacred, Meggie feels no choice but to go back and to protect the sit-in and once again become allied, allied with the uh, with the Brotherhood. Um, and now he's in a place um, where it's a, it's a difficult place because he has been told, you know, while we were filming the final scenes with him, uh, Raja, the human rights lawyer, said, will you just tell Megdi to go home before the the, the sit-in is is going to be attacked? Because the Brotherhood sit-in will be attacked. Yeah. And um, they've made an announcement that if the Brotherhood goes home, the different sort of foot soldiers go home, nothing will happen to them. At the same time, Megdi was being told by... His sort of brotherhood leadership that if he went home, he would be arrested. So um, wow. he becomes his. It, who knows what what was true in all of this? Yeah. But he's currently in a position where he doesn't even go to downtown Cairo right now because he's nervous about his situation. So. Mm -hmm. I say all this, but throughout all of these difficulties, we've seen such low points in this in the last two and a half years. And time after time, I've seen these characters continue to fight and to continue to come back again and to... Because what was broken, this fear and this decision that people were going to claim their futures in January of two thousand and eleven can never be taken away yeah. and if you think about you know the civil rights movement, for example, you know there's still laws that are being put in place that were initially in the civil rights movement that doesn't make the civil rights movement a failure just because all of the laws have not been put in place yet and this kind of consciousness has been when rosa parks sat you know made her big move and refused to sit at the back of the bus that was a change in consciousness when the civil rights movement happened when any movement happens it's a change in the consciousness and out of that good leaders come and out of that People begin to change their ideas about the way things should run. It's no longer okay that. You know, tanks can just brutally run over people and not be held accountable, okay. and that's what started to change at the beginning of January, and that is it's still in the process of changing.
0: Yeah, it, 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 and you can't help but be taken up uh, uh, by the the spirit and the energy that these people uh, show over and over and over over an extended period of time. This film covers about two and a half, three years. Uh, that's correct. And, yeah, and and uh, and 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 it's even. Pretty updated. I think you the last is May or June of this year. Uh was, was the last uh, Yep, it's the
1: last shoot was in July of this year.
0: July. And this is when how many was it eighteen million people turned out in Egypt? What was the number? Staggering number.
1: It was a staggering number. Yeah, and I think yeah, this will go down in history as the first time in a such a populous I mean the most populous Arab nation. Yeah. That millions and millions of people who were devout Muslims came down and said There needs to be a separation of religion and state and I as a deeply devout muslim will not allow for a group to be using religion to manipulate people and using religion in the law and in the government so um so that that was a very uh, very very important moment that you see near the end of the film
0: well it, it, it's it is remarkably uplifting it's such a it's such an amazing story uh, the, the 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 fact that you were there to capture so much of this and and for us to understand the nuances that the, the political, as I said earlier, the political machinations of the the Muslim Brotherhood and and Thank all you. of people it. People have
1: explained it as as, as it, feel, it felt to some people who have watched it, like they're watching a revolution live. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's been and and what's been great actually is we've shown it to a couple of high schools and colleges and. um College kids have come up to me afterwards, and high school kids have come up afterwards and said, "Listen, I never really understood yeah. much about what was happening in Egypt. I actually didn't really follow the news that much. I'm not that interested, um, you know, normally. But these kids, I, I'm much more interested in what they're doing because even though I'm not obsessed with." You know, Egyptian politics or the Middle East, and I probably am not going to follow it in the future. This was about people trying to change their world. And it's about fighting for something bigger than yourself. And they felt. These kids said to me, the characters in the film felt so alive because they felt so connected to being able to change something. Yeah. So, if this film can stand for anything, it's what is your square? You know, it's not, we don't want everybody to say, oh, all of a sudden, you know, start signing petitions for what's happening in Egypt. It's hopefully, it, it inspired me in this way to. To rethink what was possible in my life, and if if you think about it it's there's squares all around the world you know, and so what these kids said to me after the screening in this high school was it made me really think about what i 'm actually doing to change the things I want to change yeah. in my
0: life it, it, again it is uh, you know in, in these kind of historic sweeps these these sea changes in in countries and And regions of the world, and in particular, uh, with this, uh, this is a you know three steps forward, two steps back, and then it becomes two steps forward, one step back. It's kind of it becomes. There's what's that? There's a saying uh, that uh, the revolution is uh, change is impossible until it happens. Then it was inevitable. And 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 and, and that's, that's very true. Yeah, and 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 you know, I think you can take from this too. Watching this movie, there was a chant that went out in the in the '60s at the Democratic convention in 1968 when they when they were chanting, "The whole world's watching." Mm-hmm. Watching this movie, I felt the same. I felt that that is what is going on now. The whole world is watching. And uh, my hat's off to you as a filmmaker and as someone who obviously cares deeply about your country and your and your community. I am just honored to have you here. It is a great... Thank you. Do- Thank you. You're welcome. It is a great documentary. You're going to be out here uh, next Friday, uh, November 1st, at the uh, Sundance uh, Cinemas on on Sunset... On uh, I believe Sunset Boulevard, and also at the Lemley-Monica 4 next right. week, next weekend.
1: Um, November 1st, yeah. it will be myself and the producer and a couple characters from the film will be there to do Q&As, so November 1st with the Lemley in Santa Monica and Sunset Theater, uh, on uh, Sun Dance Theater on Sunset.
0: Fantastic. Well, all the best. The film is The Square. Uh, Jahan, New uh, James is is the filmmaker also responsible for Control Room, another great documentary. But this is an experience you you really really have to see, and uh, as a citizen of the world, you need to know what's going on. And this is a great documentary for that. Thank you, Johan, for so Thank much you. for being here, and uh, all the best.
1: Thank you so much. Okay, take, take care. care. Bye bye. Bye bye.